The story is told of a family who decided it was time to take in a movie at their local theater. They go, they find their seats, and then they realize popcorn is an essential. And so very quickly, uh, the young boy who is a part of that family volunteers to be the one to go get the popcorn. And the dad, you know, recognizing how that whole process of independence works and because it's the local theater, he feels, you know, pretty safe. And so he hands the boy the money and he's given the task. The little boy is successful in getting the popcorn, but by the time he returns to the theater... That thing happens, you know, it happens somewhere in all those early previews. The lights do what? They dim. And suddenly the little boy with popcorn in hand, he is pacing up and down that theater aisle. He is peering down each row. And finally, in desperation, he loudly asks, does anyone here recognize me? I think that is the question that pretty much every soul that walks this planet asks. Does anybody here recognize me? I think it's a question that people ask when they engage the church. Does anybody here recognize me? Do I belong? Here. But let's be honest. I mean, you can find some of that stuff in a lot of other places. I mean, it's even possible at times to, to find that kind of thing at the local bar, a place where everyone knows your name and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same, right? You want to be where everybody knows your name. That was so old school, it went right by some of you, but I appreciate (laughs) that some of you were with me. But really, serious question, what is so special about belonging to the church? That's my question. Like, what is, what's different than belonging to a great club or a great team or any great organization? What is so special about belonging to the church? I'm glad you're here today. That's the question we're going to wrestle with. I want to welcome you, whether you are at one of the campuses today or at one of our mission sites or joining us online, thankful for the chance for us to be together are we doing okay? You guys doing okay? A little sleepy, but you ought to be doing okay. The Chiefs are in the playoffs, right? You should, you should be okay. And I realize there are always those people, like some of y'all don't think it's acceptable if they're not the top seed, right? Because you're spoiled. That's what it is, right? At worst, they're going to be the second seed, I'm going to remind you what some of you were saying about halfway through the season, right? And here they are. So, uh, the reason I'm saying that is just I'm going to warn you. Around here, when Chiefs are in playoffs, um, red is acceptable, all right? 
And so I'm, the next weeks going forward, like I'm wearing my red, and I, I invite you to, hey, wear your red. We're going to cheer them on. I know it's always goofy when the games happen. Like are they Saturday games? Are they Sunday games? We don't care. We're going to wear regardless. So if it's a Sunday game, we wear red, and we cheer them on that day. If it's a Saturday game, we wear red the next day to, to celebrate the victory. So um, I, I would encourage you, we're, we're going to have some fun with this. Some of y'all need to learn to have some fun in the name of Jesus, all right? So we're going to have um, some fun and just enjoy this season. Back to the big question, what's so special about belonging to the church? Well, last week, we started answering or asking, I guess, that question and finding at least some beginning answers as we opened up the Bible to the book of Philippians. And that's going to be the book that we're going to make our way through this year. Now, sometimes we're going to take something we found in Philippians and we're going to expand on that and find some other things in the Bible that helps us understand it better. Sometimes we're going to take portions of the book of Philippians and just really stay with it and walk our way through. But last week, the Apostle Paul began to help us understand what's so significant about belonging together in what we call the church in this little phrase. He called it a partnership in the gospel. A partnership in the gospel. Now, I've got the word partnership highlighted, but before we get to that word, we might want to tackle this word gospel, just in case you don't know. When we say the word gospel, it is a word that means good news. That's what it means, good news. Euangelion was a, was a, a Greek word back in the first century that everybody used in a common way, the same way we would use the phrase good news. If I just came up to you and said, you got any good news for me today? Like anything, any good news this week? That's how they use the word. Euangelion simply meant good news. But what happened is the writers of the New Testament took that very common term, good news, and they turned it into the statement of God's good news to the whole world that there is salvation through Jesus. That's what the word gospel is all about. Have you heard the good news? Jesus died for our sin. He was buried, and on the third day, he arose. So they took that common term, and they turned it into good news that represented the best news in the whole world. Here's what Paul is saying. We have a partnership in that. We have a partnership in this most wonderful news. Partnership, sometimes in the Bible, it could be translated the word fellowship. That's a word that we kind of know, fellowship. But last week, we traced the roots of this word all the way back to one little powerful word, the word with. And that is what we're wrestling with this year, with. What does that mean? That we are, we are this fellowship, we are this partnership, we are with one another in the gospel. Well, today, 
<clears throat> I'm just going to give you two verses. We're going to continue to kind of intro Philippians here. I'm going to give you just two more verses, but in those verses, there are clues about what with is all about. Defining and understanding the power of with when it comes to the church. Let's dig in. Two verses, verse 7 and verse 8. I'm going to start with verse 7. We're just going to take it a phrase at a time for a few minutes. And then by the time we're done, I'm going to be able to share with you and some other folks are going to be able to share with you a couple of beautiful opportunities for with to take place in our lives. All right? Verse 7, here's the first phrase. It is right for me, Paul says, the apostle Paul is the author. He's writing to the church at Philippi, those who believe in Jesus there. So it's called Philippians. That's why the book's called that. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you. Well, feel what way? Well, last week we read, one, Paul was thankful for them. He feels thankful. He said, every time that I think of you back in verse 3, he says, I, I, I'm thankful for you all. He remembers when they turned to Jesus for the first time. He remembers how they first got connected in him. He's thankful. He also feels joyful. He says, I feel joyful every time that I pray for you. And we talked about it last week. These people had blessed Paul's life so much. They were the people who not only embraced him when he was in Philippi, but then when Paul began to branch out and, and, and to the next city where he wants to plant the next church and the, the next city where he wants to plant the next church, this church actually sent of their financial resources, they sent it to those places to help Paul be able to do what God had called him to do. He's joyful. Just a side note today, um, Heart of Life's got a reason, uh, one of the thousands of reasons that we have to be joyful, um, but it's that time of year, and so I thought I'd just give you something to be joyful about today. Do you know what $7.71 is about? $7.71 is the amount by which together this last year we surpassed our budget in giving as a church. That's super cool. That is super cool. There are a number of years, we've been through a string of years where we don't, we don't get our budget. God has always given us enough to do what we need to do. But y'all, come on. Of all years, of all years, and what we've been through in this last year, for God to do that, there is joy. We thank him for that. Paul feels thankful, Paul feels joyful, and then he says in verse 6 that he feels confident. And the reason he feels confident is because what God started in these people, God is going to finish in them. It's what God always does. So let's keep reading. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you, check this out, since I have you in my heart. Since I have you in my heart. Now, I'm going to be honest. This is a phrase that could be translated a couple of different ways. Sometimes this happens in Scripture. What I mean by that is this. It could mean exactly as it's translated here, I have you in my heart. It could also possibly be translated, you 
have me in your heart. It's hard to know because of the Greek construction which way it actually is here. Is Paul saying, I have you in my heart? Or is he saying, you have me in your heart? Now, I think both of those were true. When you read the rest of this book, I think both of those are so. But I, I, I have an opinion here. I'll show you in just a second. And it's because this word have, this word have is strong. It means to hold something. It means to bind something. It's stronger than just possessing. It's a, it's a grasp. All right? So watch what the next phrase says. Since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains, because where does Paul write Philippians from? In prison. He's in prison. Why is he in prison? Because he's been declaring Jesus. He's he's telling the good news of Jesus. And so I think when you put this phrase, I, I have you in my heart, it could be that Paul's saying, I am held in these chains, but I am also held in your heart. Or he could be saying, I'm held in these chains, but I hold you in my heart. It could be either way. I just want you to see he's being crafty here in the way that he uses his language, right? He says, whether I'm defending or confirming the gospel. And both of those terms, defending and confirming, they are legal words. They would be used in a court. The word defending is the word from which we get the word apologetics. Okay? Now, when we use the word apologetics, it doesn't mean apologizing. That's not what the word is. Apologetics Apologetics is about giving a reasoned argument. It's about giving an answer or a speech in defense of something. And in this case, it's Paul who's doing this in regards to the gospel, the good news. So in a court of law, there would be an attorney who is talking a client out of a particular charge. They're presenting a verbal defense. That's exactly what Paul has done his entire ministry when it comes to the good news, and it's what he's doing when he's writing because he is before the emperor Nero's throne, and Paul is defending, he is stating the good news. A successful defense would then lead to a confirming In other words, it's a word that that, that means to show something to be true. And in this case, Paul is showing the truth of the gospel. He's saying, I'm always speaking, I'm always sharing, because I want you to know this good news of Jesus, it is true. Well, there's one more phrase in verse 7. All of you share in God's grace with me. All of you share in God's grace with me. Grace is the word charis. It is is God's undeserved strength and favor. In this particular context, God is giving Paul grace to carry on the work that Jesus has called him to even in the middle of opposition 
even in the middle of, of, of being a prisoner, God's grace, this gift that God is strengthening him, it is God's supernatural power and provision. You understand, none of us earn turning to Jesus. It is because of God's grace, his undeserved gift, his undeserved favor that turns us to Jesus. Without God's grace, none of us stay in Jesus. But because of God's grace, not only does he turn us toward him, but it is God's gift that he holds us securely, that nobody can ever take us away. Without God's grace, we don't grow in Jesus it is God's grace all the way through. He says, we all share in this grace. We all know what it is to experience God pouring out a gift upon us that we didn't earn, none of us deserve. We know where we've been, we know where we've done, we know who we are, but by God's grace, He took us in anyway. Hold that thought and let's read verse 8. Because verse 8 says, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. God can testify. Paul's hanging with this legal language. He's been giving you legal terms and now... He calls God to the stand. What a bold move. What a believable witness. And he's saying, look, I want God to take the stand and testify on something. Well, what does he want God to testify on? He wants God to testify that Paul's telling the truth about his affection toward these believers at Philippi. He wants God to verify the God who sees all hearts not only sees what you do, but knows the motive behind what you do. And he's saying, I call God to the stand, and when I tell you I love you, God can testify, it's true. It's true. Now, there's an interesting fact from the first century. They had this belief that when it came to affection, a, a, affection was something that came from your inner being, all right? And so they believed that, that the intestines, the stomach, the liver, the lungs, those literal, right, deep inside you, that's, that was the seat of emotion, if you will, that's why sometimes in some of the translations of Scripture, they will translate the literal word bowels. That makes for fun Bible study, all right? The word bowels, all right? So you just got to take this in context. So back in the day, back in the day, you're like, oh, baby, when I look at you, my bowels, oh, right? 
And she, she looks back at you and says, you say the sweetest things, all right? That would have been understood. It would have been understood. What Paul is saying here is I, I share, when I share my feelings with you, I, I, my, I am opening my whole inner being to tell you the level of love that I have for you. Sometimes I think when we read Paul's journeys, I mean, we get the picture, this dude was tough. When you read how many shipwrecks he went through, how many beatings he took, how many times he was stoned, often they thought to death, I mean, whipped, you, you name it. I mean, his list is tremendous. This is one tough man. But when he would speak of his love for the people, it is the deepest possible language that a man would be able to express in that day. And with Paul here, he's not just saying it, it is his individual love. He says, this is the love of who? It is the love of Jesus. It's as if the very heart of Jesus dwells in Paul, in the, and, and it, he does. He does. This relationship that he has with Jesus, this love that Paul has experienced from Jesus, it overflows from him. So I want you to look at these two phrases. In verse 7 and 8, it says in verse 7, all of you share in God's grace with me. And it says in verse 8, I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. The grace of God and the love of God. And when I think about the grace of God and the love of God, I think about tongues. I do. Now, here, here's part of why I think about tongs, because I like steak with deep affection. Deep affection, I am a fan of steak. I'm a, I'm a strip guy. I know everybody's not a Kansas City strip guy, but I, I am a strip guy. It's what I love the most, and so these days, every once in a while, our family will sell a vehicle so that we can buy a steak, right? <laughs> kind of feels that way right now, doesn't it? Sell a vehicle so you can so you can buy a steak, and I, I I love steak, and so things like the Chiefs, you know, in the playoffs, that all of that deserves a steak. It does. We we should celebrate right. It's, it's biblical um, to celebrate correctly. So I, I buy the steak, and I put that steak on the grill, and you start to get it right. You got to stand in the right spot so that all that's just like coming your way, even while it's cooking, you can hear it, and it's just this beautiful thing that's going on. And then in that process, there comes the moment, right, when you're watching it, you're watching it, and, and you know what it's supposed to look like when you what? You take the tongs, and you grab that thing, and you flip it over, and you bring to completion what you started. And so for me, because I'm just a simple guy, that's the imagery that I have when I think about what God is doing in my life. And when I think about what God is doing in your life, 
He started something in me. It is a miracle. It is a miracle. The day that I turned to Jesus, the day that he forgave my sin, the day that he embraced me as his kid, it is an absolute miracle. But he's also not done. And constantly there is this image for me of I got the grace of God and I got the love of God that just wraps around my life constantly and God is just finishing. Sometimes it feels like he turns things upside down, but it is the love of God and it is the grace of God that embraces my life every day and he is finishing what he started in me. Some days you might look at me and go, hmm, I think he's still rare. Maybe. But the promise that I lean on is the promise that Paul introduced early in this book, I think on purpose. What God starts, he always finishes. And so I want you to see, the church, we are this connection of relationships. Relationships that are wrapped in the grace of God and the love of Jesus. This is why we are who we are. This miracle that has happened in us, you understand there's no other club on the planet who can give you new life. There's no other team, no matter how good the team may be, no matter what championship that that you may win, there is no other team who can give you a miracle of sin forgiven, guilt erased, right? All those debts paid for, a new life where there is suddenly peace with God, my heart now alive in him. It is the difference between who we are as the church of Jesus versus every other club or team or organization on the planet. Those may be good. Relationships may be strong. They may even know your name, but you don't share eternal life anywhere else except in the family that Jesus makes. That's what's so special about belonging to this family. So like Paul, we encourage We encourage you to keep stepping into opportunities where God grows with in us. Yesterday, yesterday, um, some folks took such a step, they went to the Argentine district again. I don't know, it sounded like a group of 20 or so that went into the Argentine district. They helped with with projects. Uh, Why would they do that? Because it is a group of people who have felt the grace of God and the love of God embrace their lives, working something in them that now their heart's desire is to see other people express the same, know the same, experience the same. And so love and grace that has been received becomes love and grace that is extended.
Today, I want you to hear about a couple of more opportunities that are coming your way right now. Um, Bailey, if you want to um, head on this way. Yep, thank you. Would you welcome Miss Bailey Forkasha uh, here today? And some of you met Bailey before, but we always got new folks stepping into Heart of Life. So Bailey is the director of Project Nick, and there might be some people that go, what in the world is that? So could just real quick, give them, yes. what is it? Okay. Um, Project Nick is a nonprofit that provides people with the opportunity to live out the love and justice of Jesus to orphans around the world. Um, we actually, um, sorry. You're good. We um, actually fundraise so that we are able to provide food, water, clothing, shelter, education, and the gospel to over 250 children in Southeast Asia. And it is $467 for a whole entire year to provide all of that care for a child, um, or $39 a month. And that actually gets doubled and matched because um, we work with Orphan's Hope. So you're not providing one, that care for one child, you're providing it for two, so. Good stuff. 250 kids, mm -hmm. different places in the world, some of them really difficult places. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, God's let us be at this for a while, and we are grateful that he continues this journey, and we're grateful that Bailey um, God leads her to direct all that. So, we got a big event. Tell us. Um, our event is coming up January 29th. It's our second annual um, online gala, and it will be Saturday, January 29th from 6 to 9 p.m. Cool. So, you say gala, I say gala, right? We never say like, really, I call it gala. I call it gala too. I don't know what it is. So, we raise funds. Um, this is kind of our one big the biggest event of the year. Yeah. Um, we got a goal mm -hmm. this year. Are we telling it yet? Um, I believe it's $36,000 is our goal this year. We yeah. um, were able to hit a little over 16,000 and our goal is 36 so that we are able to get at least half of what we need for the children this year. That's cool. But together, we can, we can get there. Mm -hmm. We can get there. So all kind of cool items, all right? Yeah. Um, you want to give any of that or you want me to give you a um, I can give some. Do it. We have um, tickets to Royals games. We have two trips. We have lots of Chiefs stuff, signed Chiefs stuff, handmade jewelry, um, duck calls. We got all sorts of stuff. So. Cool, cool. And when you say Chiefs stuff, we talk Hill, Kelsey, and Mr. Mahomes. Yeah. All right. So all we got signed. cool stuff. We yeah. got cool stuff. Yeah. So what does this have to do with with? How, how is this different this time? So we want to encourage you guys to bid on items so that we're able to raise funds for the children. But we want you guys to do that with one another. And we want to encourage you guys to invite live teams, uh, family, friends into your home, make food, um, just hang out with one another. We're going to have um, event or we're going to have videos for the event provided to you so you can watch and kind of be with us and um, through the um, experience, and we want you guys to pray over Project Nick in the event while it's going on, and of course, bid against each other, and we just want you guys to be with one another and have fun um, for this event. All right. Yeah. So, maybe in your home, mm -hmm. maybe some other location, whatever, but the point is for you to invite people to be with you. Mm -hmm. And you got several hours of that night, so, so Saturday, January 29th, starts at 6, 
we'll go, you know, several hours somewhere to around nine. Mm -hmm. yep. You can imagine that there will be lots of items that close at different times. But if you bring people in, um, maybe you guys have a meal together. Um, we're going to do some live feed. So we'll be, right, communicating back and forth to wherever you're located. But imagine a setting where you can invite some people that you love into that's all about the grace of God and the love of Jesus. I mean, that's why we care about kids on the other side of the planet that a lot of people don't even know they exist. Why does Bailey do that? It's the grace of God and it's the love of Jesus that has been poured out into her life. And now she reaches forward with that same grace and love. What would it be like to get some people in your life at your house, you know, gathered somewhere, you're having a meal, and they hear. They hear the stories. And then you, just being able to interact with them, it is an opportunity for God to do with. An opportunity for God to do something in those hearts. Um, I, I want to encourage you. Uh, it's just a couple of weeks away. So start thinking, start praying, praying for the event, praying for who you might invite, and we could just have a great time on that night. So anything else? Um, no. I All right. So. <laughs> Thank you, Bailey. Thank you, guys. Very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Grace, if you would come on this direction too. Um, Next, I want to introduce Miss Grace Assad to you. Would you welcome her today? Hi. Grace and uh, her husband Peter, they are um, team leaders for GROW. Um, GROW is one of the purposes of our church when we um, look at the book of Acts and we see those handful of things that, that the church has always made the core of, of who we are, grow is one of those. And so before, before she gives you the goods, I'm going to tell you, last week when I told you about the memory plan, right, and I encourage you, if you haven't looked at that, come on, don't be scared. Don't be scared. There's, a, there's one of those tracks that you can do that let's make this year where we put God's word right. What a better, I don't know of a better way to get the right thing in your head than to, to memorize literally what God has said. We can, we can do that together. And last week we showed you the intersections, um, the, the Bible reading plan. Um, well, somebody came up with those good ideas. All right? So seriously, she, she and Peter, they're a great team together, and, and they work to help design those things and help to form all, all that. I, I am incredibly grateful um, for what they are doing to help us in this area of grow. By the way, I understand there is now a tab where they can print off, if they choose to, a month, I think, worth of readings, yep. if you want to do that. So you can print off a month at a time uh, to be able to do those readings. And then one more thing is on Fridays, uh, Peter and Grace uh, go on Facebook Live and Heart of Life Facebook. Yep, it's the Heart of Life Facebook. And um, what our plan is, is each Friday we're going to go through the different readings and kind of give uh, just 
more detail into what the theme was for the week and um, help us find those intersections together. So if you're available or if you want to hop on and tell us what you learned, that's a great way for you to interact. Um, but it's also something that you can go back to um, later on and use. So Very cool. So they can join you if they want, be a part yep. of that conversation. Very cool. All right. I'll let you tell them the next good thing. Okay. So um, as we studied Luke and Acts last year, just one of the main themes that resonated with me was seeing and believing and hearing and obeying. Those themes were repeated over and over again, and it was almost like a progression mm -hmm. that when we see the faithfulness of God again and again, it spurs our belief. And as our belief grows, when we start to hear his voice, uh, we respond in faithful obedience. We learn what it means to hear his voice and obey um, and that's what growth is. That's what grow means to us. Um, and for a long time, I operated under the assumption that if I'm growing at all, I should see fruit in every area of my life. So it should be in marriage. It should be in my spiritual growth. It should be in work and parenting. In every facet of my life, I should be, you know, abounding in growth. But we all know that there are seasons of life. There are seasons that it's harder if you're grieving expecting growth in every area of your life isn't reasonable. Um, and raising my kids has actually helped me to see this better. <laughs> <laughs> I can't expect my toddler, uh, Nathan, to become an adult in a month, right? It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of intentionality and it takes different seasons of growth um, for kids to come to the point where they can be adults. And the same is with our spiritual growth. Right. Um, and that's what God intends. He intends for us in different seasons of our life to take small steps of faith, to see his faithfulness and believe and hear his voice and obey. Um, and honestly, human psychology, like we actually lose heart if we continue to have these huge expectations for growth mm -hmm. and don't meet those expectations, our psychology, God wired us to actually lose heart. We don't have perseverance when we don't see growth. Um, so Peter and I are both passionate for us to take our next step. What's one step that we can take this year to grow toward Jesus? Um, we want, and we are committed to you, our Heart of Life family, to help you take your next step with Jesus in the everyday stuff of life. Um, and the other barrier to growth is that sometimes we try to do it on our own. <laughs> and that's why this concept of with is so important. We need each other. We need the full family of God um, to come alongside and help us grow in areas where we're weak. Um, if you have an area of weakness, I guarantee you there's someone sitting in this room that's strong in that area, and they can help you. So um, that's where this whole co coaching program um, has really come from. It's come from the desire for you to pick one area of growth um, and focus on that through this winter and spring for the next five months. Um, so coaching is pairing an expert um, in certain areas like business and faith, um, motherhood without losing yourself, um, or maybe even grieving, um, being in a season of grief. And it's, it's pairing you with a coach and a group of people interested in growing in that area and helping you take that next step.
So we are sending out, oh, perfect, a, sur a survey later on today. It should be in your email. Um, there's also a couple other places for you to find it. It should be on social media, um, and it will also be, it'll live on the Heart of Life website. And it's going to list out, you can see them up there, we have 10 areas of interest right now that we're offering. So for January, February, March, April, May, you'll be once a month with your coaching group, your team, um, and these are the coaching topics. Finance, common sense parenting, marriage, um, can be couples or individuals, dealing with grief and grief share, fatherhood, sonship, gardening, how to be a mom or a wife without losing yourself, uh, business and faith, spiritual disciplines, having meaningful conversations with your teens, and working motherhood. So on the survey, you'll mark your ranked choices, one through four, and based on the survey results, Peter and I are going to do our best to pair you with a coach and a team of three to four people. Your coach will then set up a time for your team to meet once a month through May, and your coach is also willing, we've, we've talked to them and they're committed to being available to you um, if you have questions like in between sessions, um, they're excited to watch you grow and they're excited to help you grow in these areas. So the connection to with, it's a, being with a mentor, someone who has experienced what growth looks like from immaturity to maturity, um, to walk alongside you to help you take that next step. But it's also with other people who are equally as excited and, and eager to grow in that particular area. So that encouragement is gonna create a synergy that is going to motivate all of you to take those steps. So, just to say, it's a pilot program. It's the first time we're trying something like this, and so we're willing for there to be growth, areas of growth and um, whatnot. But we're hoping to have another round of coaching offered in the fall. So, again, the, the survey is going to be through email, website, and social media and Peter and I will get back to you. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, the survey is live today and will be available through next Sunday, January 16th. So Peter and I will contact you directly after January 16th about your team and pass your phone and email uh, contact info on to your coach. And your coach will coordinate a time for your group to meet. So that's what we got going on. So, all, so if they want to be a part of it, mm -hmm. they can either go to website mm -hmm. and find the survey there, yep. and it's pretty straightforward, just some simple questions of working their way through choices, yes. right? They get to pick first One, choice, yep. second choice, because we're starting with a 10, yeah. 10, to, 12, mm -hmm. 10 to 12 coaches, which we're grateful for. Um, how about the courage of 10 to 12 coaches to be the first yeah. uh, to do something? I know a lot of people who that whole first thing freaks them out. And so to have 10 or 12 people willing to be the first coaches and to have a wide range. I yeah. mean, come on, from, from finances to dealing with grief to, to parenting to yeah. gardening to you name it, um, there's something there for you. First, second, third, maybe even fourth choices. I don't remember. Yes. You can put it on there. And because we're limited, we may have to give you a second choice this time, but we're going to do it again. Yes. And so maybe next time you could get the first um, this is just one of those perfect examples to me of um, this doesn't have to be some big complicated thing. Mm -mm. It's once a month. Yep. They meet once a month, so they're not taking up all time. Yep. But a chance to take a next step 
of what it means to follow Jesus in a particular area that at the end of it, you've grown. So like, this is the stuff that I just don't know how to encourage you enough to just go, so why would you not take that step? Like, what could possibly be scary about that? You get to pick which which ones you want to be a part of. Um, Why would you not take the next step? We are encouraging you to do that, um, and I think it's going to be a fun journey um, with one another. Anything else there that that I'm missing? No. We did meet with the coaches on Friday night, and the things that they have thought through and prayed for – it's just exciting. It's exciting. These are going to be men and women that you can really learn from. Um, and it's just, it's going to be neat. So right. how many times do we say, man, I wish there was somebody mm-hmm. who understood what I'm going through. Yep. I, I wish there was somebody who could move me from where I am to where I know I need to be. Here we are. Yep. Very cool. Thank you, Grace. Thank you. Bless you. What I love about both of those opportunities that are coming your way this month. Out of that, not only have we all taken a step forward where Jesus wants to grow us, but we also most likely, maybe, will have learned a few more names. In other words, we'll recognize a few more people. And a few more people will recognize us. I want to just, before I pray, close with this thought. It's not a secret. It's not a secret in Scripture. It's actually very blaring. Heart of life is not at its strongest when the primary question is, does anybody here recognize me? Now, come on. We ask the question. We all ask the question. And anytime we're becoming a part of something, we ask the question, do I belong here? Nothing wrong with the question, but heart of life is not at its strongest when the primary question we're all asking is, does anyone here recognize me? Heart of life is at its strongest when the primary question is, does everybody here recognize Jesus? Because when I actually recognize Jesus, I will recognize his grace and his love. And when I recognize his grace and his love that has wrapped up my life, then I will begin to extend that grace and that love. And suddenly, nobody even has to ask the question, do you recognize me? Because that grace and that love has reached with. May God grow us together. May God grow us together that his grace and his love is known in the whole earth. Let's pray.
God, there may be those who are uh, with us today who are asking that very question, is there really anybody that recognizes me? And God, I think that is a question that you have uh, planted in the soul of every one of us. It is, it is your design that we not do life alone. You did not construct this that we would be alone. And so, God, as we ask that question, I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking, first of all, that the truth could be seen but God, that you would craft that truth in us that it could be seen. That Jesus, you are the one who loves like nobody's ever loved. And Jesus, you are the one whose grace is greater than any we have ever known. And so as that question continues to be answered, God, I'm asking that you would shape us, your church, God, a people who have been embraced by such grace and such love. Sometimes I think we just want to somehow end up where we're supposed to be versus taking the next step with you. And so, God, I pray for this coaching opportunity. I thank you for the men and women who are willing to, to give of themselves, God, something that you've taught them that now they will pass along. And I thank you already for the people of Heart of Life who are gonna have the courage to, to be the, the first ones to say, yeah, we're, we're gonna figure this out together. We'll walk through this together. God, I'm asking that out of this opportunity, there will be a growth in terms of connection of your people that when it's done, we'll, we'll know, we'll, we'll know. It's supernatural. God, you did this. God, will you help us to take next steps, just next steps that you put in front of us? I thank you, God, for what you're going to do. I thank you for what you're going to teach us in this study throughout the year. God, we are dedicating, God, all of this to you in the sense of we cannot construct anything that brings new life. God, it is you. And so, God, as we lean in, will you give us wisdom? Will you give us direction? Will you help us together as your church to love right? Thank you for being with us. in the name of Jesus that we thank you with joy and with the security that you finish what you start. It's in that name of Jesus that we pray today.